Hello and welcome to the Reorg Europe podcast, your weekly roundup of the most interesting trends and developments in performing credit, stressed and distressed, restructuring and post-reorg in the European and CMEA markets. It's Tuesday, August 16th. I'm Katerina Dassier. And I'm Richard Woolley. Coming up this week, financial analyst Nikhil Visani is here to discuss Swedish cosmetics group Oriflame, on which he's preparing a new cash flow model. And staff writer Ian Wilson gives us an overview of the primary deals that we are predicting will come to market after the summer break. Before we start, we would like to hear your feedback and help us improve the podcast's experience. So please do take the time to complete the short survey at the link attached to this podcast and let us know how we're doing. Hi, Nikhil. As you are publishing this week a cash flow model on Oriflame, would you mind giving me a brief background on the company? Oriflame is a Swedish cosmetics group whose $550 million notes and $250 million senior secured notes have fallen to the low 60s since rebounding from similar levels in March to about 80. The notes have likely fallen due to worries around the inflationary environment and the likely upcoming recession, given the group's consumer discretionary product offering and the high exposure to emerging markets. So are there any near-term triggers driving the decline in bond prices? Well, the senior secure notes mature in 2026 and there are no significant maturities beforehand. There seems to be adequate liquidity and the overall there appears to be a lack of adverse near-term triggers, implying that Oriflame has time to recover operations before addressing the 2026 maturity war. So how does cash generation look like? Could the group uh, deliver ahead of the 2026 refinancing? Well, the group has capacity to generate cash owing to its asset-like business, though any deleveraging via cash generation would be limited by dividends. Below EBITDA cash costs were about $100 assuming no dividend payments and neutral working capital. This compared to our base case terminal EBITDA of around €130 which implies potential to generate around $30 um, of levered free cash flow per annum. Note that this does not include the about $30 of dividend dividend payments, which, if taken out, would limit cash generation available for deleveraging. Under our base case, net leverage remains high at about five times in fiscal year 2025, even if no dividends are assumed, and we think this is relatively high for an EM-exposed name. So, Nikhil, do you think the higher leverage would challenge the group's prospect of refinancing its capital structure in 2024-2025? Well, it all depends on the potential recovery in the next two to three years. If the group recovers top line and EBITDA, then investors could clip two to three coupons and then see an upside in price from the current levels of around 60. However, if the recovery fails to materialise, there is a chance that the strategic shareholders may be supportive given Oriflame is owned by the founding Joknik family, which is a wealthy Swedish family. The presence of long-term strategic shareholders positively differentiates Oriflame from other high-yield credits as the family could show flexibility in dividends or may be supported if needed. On the other hand, if the shareholder doesn't support the business and the recovery fails to materialise, the capital structure could become unsustainable, causing bondholders to potentially take a haircut. Following brief signs of a revival at the end of July, the European primary market has gone quiet again amid the August holiday season and the Q2 H1 earnings season. Those market participants who are still at their desks are on the lookout for potential opportunities that could come to market if deal flow returns in September. 
Reorg staff writer Ian Wilson maintains our weekly primary pipeline of credits that we think could launch deals in the near future. And I caught up with him earlier today to discuss recent additions to that list. A number of deals are expected to come to the primary market from September after the summer break. These are likely to include issuances for Unilever's tea business, Ecoterra, Excel, Comdata's combination with Connector, Foncia, Inetum, and possibly Citrix if this US deal includes a euro element. So Unilever completed the sale of Ecoterra to CVC last month and over 1 billion euros is expected to be raised to support the spin-off. Back in January, a consortium led by KKR agreed to acquire Dutch e-bike company Excel for €58 per share, and the debt to support this is expected to come to the primary market in September. In April, Comdata agreed a combination with Spanish-speaking customer experience BPO Solutions Group Connector and French real estate management company Emira, also known as Foncia, acquired UK residential property management services company Firstport in March. In May, Foncia mandated BNP Paribas, Credit Agricole and Natixis as physical book runners to arrange a new term loan facility of around 560 million euro to support this and to refinance outstanding drawings under its RCF. Meanwhile, French IT services company Inetum was acquired by Bain in July in a deal thought to be worth over $2 billion. And US cloud computing and virtualization technology company Citrix is being acquired by Vista Equity Partners and Evergreen Coast in an all-cash transaction valued at $16.5 billion, including Citrix debt. In connection with the transaction, Vista and Evergreen intend to combine Citrix and Tipco Software, which is one of Vista's portfolio companies. The majority of the debt for this is expected to be raised in dollars, but it's not yet known if the issuance will also include a euro element. In September, Reorg will be hosting a webinar discussion of Hoost, the hosting and management platform for Airbnb and other sites, which recently had its Part 26A plan approved in the English High Court. Senior legal analyst Shan Qureshi will be joined by Andrew Dalton, a partner at BTG Advisory, Kunal Gadvi, partner at Erwin Mitchell, and Marcus Haywood, a barrister at South Square Chambers. That's Hoost RP binds dissenting HMRC. Where next for SME restructuring plans? More information on all of the stories and events discussed on this week's podcast is available on the website, reorg.com. We'll be back next week with another Reorg Europe podcast. Until then, take care and thank you very much for listening.